Well, welcome. It is, uh, it is good uh, to see you, and uh, I do appreciate Bernadette uh, putting up with me. I, I, I do. Uh, I, uh, today we want to continue a series that we've been doing in the book of Ephesians, and I, I, I've titled the message, uh, Being Blessed by God's Love. Now, the thing is this. Uh, God is love. So this sort of sermon topic, or this theme really should be something that gets preached about like regularly. I mean, like monthly. I, I don't know how often it should be, but the idea or the concept uh, or understanding or more importantly for me, experiencing God's love is just paramount. Uh, and the more I kind of processed this and thought about it, it's it's like this, the starting point where we want to connect with God or want to feel somehow other that God is connecting with us and He is loving us. And then out of that love or out of that relationship, you know, we talk about all the other things that we talk about in our lives, but it's based or surrounded by the fact that He loves us and that He treats us like His kids and He really loves us as His kids. And you know, the, the thing is this, it, it, it's so paramount and so important, but it's so hard to talk about or to explain because it's not a head thing, it's a heart thing. We, we need to experience God's love. And I can stand up here and say, okay, you need to experience God's love. And, uh, but I can't make you experience God's love. But I do say this, if you're a follower of Christ, you have experienced God's love in some way, shape, or form. And, and today, uh, you might be in a position where, you know, you're just like really red hot for the Lord. I mean, you're just like experiencing God's love you, on a super high place. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you could be on the other end of the spectrum where it's like you have experienced God's love or, you know, uh, it's just was just a long time ago or God just seems distant at the moment uh, to you and you're hungering for more of the intimacy or more of God's love. Uh, we're all at different places. But if, if you think back, you will remember times when you've had an experience with God that has been like, my, I really get it. God loves me. And it should be natural and normal for us to want and to desire more and more of God's love or sort of to have God's love on a regular basis that we get lifted up and Glad you made it to church today because I would desire that you experience God's love for, uh, you know, today. That you experience it and you know it. So if I ask you two different questions, the first question might be, like, how do you know that God loves you? This uh, tends to be uh, somewhat of an easy question to answer, but it's a head question. It's a knowledge question. And, and typically uh, your response might be, you know, I know that God loves me because Jesus died on the cross for me and uh, God sent his one and only son, uh, you know, for me. And that's how you know that God loves you. But it's a different question if I ask you, how have you experienced God's love? Because now, th 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 this is not necessarily uh, a Bible verse, but it totally could be or... Uh, a whole bunch of Bible verses might be very pertinent to you. Uh, but it's a different question to how do I know that God loves me? So the classic, you know, head knowledge, logical train of thought would be this. 
uh, John 3.16. God so loved the world that he sent his only uh, son, Jesus. Okay, so I'm in the world, uh, therefore God loves me. Well, that's, that's true. Uh, but it's not very, like, heartwarming. It's just, okay, it's a fact, it's helpful, and uh, we should indeed understand the basis behind why God loves us, but it's a different thing to experience God's love. Now, I'm emphasizing experiencing God's love because that's what I'd like you uh, to get out of my sermon today. But I'm also realizing that, okay, this is sort of an impossible task. Because the more I start talking about it from a head standpoint, the more of the disconnect it becomes from a heart standpoint. But uh, Ephesians, the book we, we're looking at, says that we will experience God's love. Uh, that we will experience God's love. And so uh, my prayer as we go is that you will experience God's love today. Right here as we meet in church, you've taken time out and you're saying, okay, God, I'm coming here to church. I want to somehow or other connect and experience God's love. Now, on the other hand, if I had to ask you questions, you know, if I said, hey, open mic, let's just share, you know, how's you experience God's love today, this week, many of you would have some great um, testimonies like, okay, God has been so gracious to me or to my family. You know, he came through. I, I'm just so grateful to God. And others of you would say, I, I just feel so distant uh, from God. I, I just wish God would be more, uh, would be closer to us. So this is my prayer. I'm going to read it first because it's a, it's a Bible verse, 2 Thessalonians 3, 5. And uh, before I even do that, I want to just point out in this verse that there's sort of like a degrees of how we can experience God's love or comprehend God's love. So let me just read this verse to you as a prayer uh, before we get going. Second Th Thessalonians 3.5 May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. So, Lord, I just uh, lift that up. I just pray, I just pray, Lord Jesus, that your Holy Spirit would be present here today and that your Spirit would move. And, Lord, as your Holy Spirit so often does, it just lifts up Jesus. It helps us to focus on what Jesus has done for us. But, Lord, we desire uh, to connect with the love of the Father and uh, what's relevant in our situation, in our lives today and in this week and for our friends and our family, Lord, we just pray for an outpouring of your love, that we can experience it, and that those that we love and pray for would experience your love. And Lord, we just understand that this is uh, a supernatural thing, and yet it's so real and so powerful. We just lift up this morning to you. In your name, Jesus. Uh, amen. Uh, let me read the scripture that I closed with last week uh, because that's the same prayer uh, that I prayed as we concluded last week's sermon that I want to preach on today, which is Ephesians uh, chapter 3, uh, verse 14 through 21. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from His glorious, 
unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through the Holy Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. Verse 19, May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Uh, the first thing I want to point out when we're trying to experience God's love is that it's through Jesus, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's often through church. Uh, these verses are highlighted in this little section, and I uh, want to just reiterate that to you. If you look at uh, verse 17, it says, Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. There's a sense that when we receive Christ, uh, God lives within us. Uh, the Holy Spirit is within us, and there's this connection that we now have with the Spirit of God through the Holy Spirit and Christ living within us. Uh, and the point here is Christ did something uh, significant, which we know about, on the cross. By dying on the cross, as mystical as that might be, uh, it's created the ability for us to have relationship with God the Father because Jesus has taken away our imperfections, our sin, and imputed into us righteousness, which means that we can be, in a sense, perfect with God who is perfect. And in our uh, perfection, uh, we can relate to God who is totally uh, perfect, knowing all along that we aren't perfect, but the Spirit of God within us makes us perfect because Jesus has died on the cross to take away our sins. In other words, He's allowed us to be perfect. It's... it's like a hard thing to to fully grasp, and yet uh, that's the significance of Christ's work on the cross. So Christ died for us on the on the cross. The Holy Spirit, uh, we we see in this verse. You know, God says, "I pray that from His unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit." You know, so it's the work that Christ did on the cross. It's the unlimited resources we have. Why? Because we have access uh, to God through the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, this is like a big deal. Because again and again, we just feel stuck or we feel like we need God's help. And we do. And we, but at the same time, we're not limited to our own ability or our own situation or you know, what other people have put on us or done to us. Uh, we have the ability to appeal to the Holy Spirit with unlimited resources to change and to deal with our past. You know, like forgiveness is about the only thing we can do that changes the past. You know, think about that. You know, when you forgive, 
somebody, you can change the past. I mean, the hurt and the feeling that you have or by forgiving, you get set free. I mean, it's not like you can go back and undo, but you change the past, the grip that it has on you. The power of the Holy Spirit is an amazing, incredible, uh, incredible thing. The other thing that I, um, you know, trying to emphasize here, so Jesus on the cross, the power of the Holy Spirit within us, and then the church. Uh, and we spent a sermon uh, last week talking about the church and the significance of the church and the power of the church. And, and uh, here I want to talk about how we experience God's love uh, through the church. And it says, you know, uh, which often is glossed over here because as Americans, we're an individualistic society. We, we, we minimize group gatherings or we uh, trump that with individual experience or individual desires. And yet God has designed uh, us to experience him through the church. And it's, you know, verse 21, it says, glory to him in the church. And in Jesus Christ throughout all generations. And as I said last week, the church has endured through all generations. Uh, no other industry or business or enterprise has endured through all generations like the church has. Uh, we experience God's love and His truth through the church, through all generations, through as messed up as the church is and can be, because you messed up and I messed up and we all messed up, but thankfully we have the power of God to cut through it. And somehow or other, the mystery of the church, we experience God's love and we are bonded together as family in a way which only can happen in the church. I mean, we can look at a lot of the imperfections of the church. It's obvious. But we can also look at a lot of the incredible, incredible blessing of being in church and of hearing the word of God and worshiping together. You know, just personally, I had a, an amazing experience with God this week, which came so out of uh, the blue for me. Uh, we, we were having a pastor's meeting where we get together with all the Massachusetts Vineyard pastors, and uh, we just started doing some worship. And it was one of those times when you just caught totally by surprise. Because as we started worshiping, it felt like things were shifting and changing and freedom was kind of coming and life was being sort of breathed in. And somehow other the words of the songs was just like resonating. It's like, oh my gosh, this is like really. And I, but you could feel it. I mean, I could feel it. I'm like, okay, this is, this is really cool. I mean, yeah, I'm enjoying this. Now, if I was standing alone with my CD, it, driving in the car, that that doesn't come anything close to doing it in unity with other people. There's something that God has designed that we experience through the church. Uh, and when I say through the church, I mean, you know, big meetings, Sunday morning meetings, small meetings, uh, life group, home group, uh, small group meeting, through the church, through the church. First uh, Corinthians 14.1 says this, Let love be your highest goal. Now, that is, again, just a mind-blowing uh, verse. Let love be your highest goal. Not making money, not growing in this and that, not, you know, love. Let love be your highest goal. Like, if we really grasp that, what we're saying is, I want to come to church, I want to experience God's love, I want to be filled up with God's love, 
so that in whatever gift God has given me, do Bernadette's 201 class, figure out your gift. I want to be used by God to love other people. And man, if you've got the gift of prophecy, it's an awesome thing to be able to share that with others where you just like, in a way, blindside them with love, where they're like, wow, this is something God knows about me and it's very helpful. You know, if you've got the gift of evangelism, it's really an awesome thing where you can go up to somebody and you can, ex- you can tell them about God's love and they get it and their lives are, are, are changed. I mean, if you've got the gift of, you know, teaching or preaching, it's helpful when you're in a small group and you can share uh, what you've unpacked and studied and thought about and you share it with a small group of people and they leave encouraged. For you personally, it's an awesome thing if our goal is to pass on the love that we have received in Christ to others. But it's predicated on the fact that we receive the love of Christ. It's very hard to give when you're empty. And the place to receive is here in church. This is where we receive Christ, where we get built up, and you know it's opportunity for us to serve in church and outside of church. So again, I'm just asking God, please help us to receive your love, that we can indeed do exactly what uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 is saying, that let love be our highest goal. Saying it differently, you can't be a follower of Christ if you haven't experienced God's love in some way, shape, or form. Because if, if you're saying to me, I've never experienced God's love, or I don't experience God's love, or I, I don't feel loved by God, God is love. So if you haven't received or experienced God's love, you haven't received or experienced God. Uh, so part of receiving Christ it's not a, a mechanical thing. Okay, here's the three verses. You do this, this, this. Now you're a believer. Part of it is you, you actually experience God's love. So First uh, John 4.16 says this. We know how much God loves us. And we put our trust in His love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. So it's normal for us to experience God's love. It's also normal for sometimes to have like high experiences, like mountaintop experiences of God's love. And it's also normal to have low uh, experiences of God's love. It's also normal to doubt. I mean, this might come as a surprise, but it is normal to doubt God. Now, the longer you've had a walk with God and a positive walk with God, the, the less the doubt seems to be. But when you at the front end of faith and you're trying to explore faith, it is normal to be doubting. But it is also normal to overcome that doubt, both with head knowledge and experience with God. But, you know, somehow other it feels like people think it's a dirty word if you say, you know, you doubt God. Uh, yeah, we weren't like born like, you know, strong messengers of faith or people of faith. You develop into people of faith. You become a disciple of Christ. Uh, and that's what we want to do here at church. So love grows. This, if you're following along your bullet insert, the second point I want to make is this idea that love grows. Uh, you know, we develop a relationship with Christ. We understand God's love more fully as we walk with Him. And we experience God's love Uh, in different ways, more fully, as you walk with Christ. Uh, There's a sense of growth 
in his, in his love. Uh, as it says in verse uh, 17 and verse 18 uh, of the section I've just uh, read in Ephesians. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. You know, that's a good uh, word picture that we need to grow and we need to have roots which grow down into God's, God's love. There's a sense where we need to take our everyday life experiences and uh, reflect on, okay, how, how does that reflect God's love? How am I supposed to grow in this? How do I grow when things aren't going my way? How do I experience God and God's truth even when your current situation is terrible? Uh, or how do you, you know, take the good times when you're experiencing God's love and uh, bring those to, to memory during the difficult times? Uh, there's a sense where we do need to grow in God's love. We grow in it and it develops us. And verse 18, And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should. And then this very memorable and famous verse, but let me just reiterate the, the upfront part, that we will have the power to understand. I mean, that's also a, 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 it's a, it's a gift, that God will give you the ability to understand how deep and how wide His love is. So may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should. You should understand it. How wide, how long, how high, how deep. His love is. And there's a companion verse in, in Romans 8, which I think is worth uh, reading along with this verse because they're very similar. And I'm going to read this to you. This is uh, Romans 8, and I'm going to start at verse 35. It says, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Okay, now... If you're familiar with this verse, you know what's coming. It's like a whole lot of negative stuff. So the start of it is like nothing can separate us from God's love. Even, well, let me read it. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or are destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. So, you know, the take-home here is sometimes during our suffering, our difficulties, our persecutions or whatever, we get to experience God's love in a whole new and real and deep and meaningful way. And at verse 38 says this, And I am convinced that neither, nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No, power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now what's significant about that for you is that some of you are going through a, a tough period in your life. And you need to just know that you know, God hasn't abandoned you just because you're not feeling or experiencing God's love at the moment, uh, don't lose faith. Uh, actually, press in. 
and say, God, I need you more. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to either like sort out the problems in my life or you might be at the place in life where it's like you're sitting on a chair and the, and the chair legs are just being like eliminated from you. It might be the chair leg of like having a great marriage or the chair leg of having like great wealth or a chair leg of having like great friendship or, you know, great family. And all of a sudden it's eradicated. And now you've got nothing except God. And you say, God, I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it in my own strength. I'm, I'm you know, I, I always relied on whatever, my, my, my wife, my spouse, my kids, my, whatever it was that you're relying on. And now it's just you and God. And God is saying, I'm good enough. I'm powerful enough. I'm faithful enough. You can experience my love. I'm trustworthy enough. That was what was so powerful about the Apostle Paul's you know, writing to us. Because nothing, even you know, his life in the end being you know, martyred. It's like, it doesn't matter. I'm still experiencing God's love. It's not like God has abandoned me because I'm going through difficulty. Nothing can se separate us. We all doubt but we can count on God's love even when we question it. We can count on God's love even when, while we're questioning God. Uh, that's, you know, healthy faith. It's, it's to say, God, this is the way I'm feeling. This is, the way I, this is the way I'm understanding it. Help me out. I know it doesn't line up with your scripture or I don't line up with what should be happening in my life. I want you, Christ, to fill me again. Empower me, equip me, come, come Holy Spirit, be part of my life again. You know, it wasn't accidental that Jesus, even in his busy schedule, would go and take time to pray. Now, I don't think the big deal there was the mechanics of praying. Uh, I, I don't think it was like this ritual that Jesus felt he just had to kind of do. I do think that Jesus experienced the fullness of God's love when he prayed. And he just knew, like, my tank is empty. I've I, I got to get back to God. I've I, 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 I got to receive some more love. I've got to connect. And that was the driving force. It was the desire to be filled, you know, with the Spirit, with God. Uh, and so should it be for us? We just desire uh, what God would pour out or do in our, in our lives. Now, I don't, like I said, I don't know how to... Um, Talk about you experiencing God's love. You know, it, it, just think about it in a dating relationship. I mean, I can talk a lot about, okay, you know, my kids, this is what I want you to experience like when you date. I mean, it's like, it's kind of lame. I mean, like a kid's like, I know when I'm in love, you know. It's like, okay, so I want you to experience the love. Uh, and I've got a whole lot of things I can say about what's true love and not true love and, you know, look out for this and whatever. But we know when we experience love. So, as a little experiment here that today, I want to do this. I, I want us to watch a video clip. Now, this is not really, in a sense, it's a video clip because it's a video clip. But it's really somebody reading Scripture. And it's taking a whole bunch of Scripture talking about God's love. Now, this is what I hope that you're going to get out of this. Uh, firstly, I just pray that you just like immersed in God's love by God's word of how God loves us. And my prayer is that somehow as we just like either we, if you want your eyes open or your eyes closed, that we can just experience God's love. Like our 
mind gets filled with what God's word is saying about us. So why don't we hit the lights and let's try uh, watching this video. And then after this, Brian will come up and lead us in, in worship. The words you are about to experience are true. They will change your life if you let them. For they come from the very heart of God. He loves you. And He is the Father you have been looking for all your life. This is His love letter to you. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. For you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. creation. You were not a mistake. For all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully, wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb. And brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you. Simply 
because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could. I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand. For I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope. Because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore. And I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you. For you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul. And I want to show you great and marvelous things. seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. Hearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes. Take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your father, and I love you even as I love my son Jesus. For in Jesus my love for you is revealed. He is the exact 
representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you. And to tell you that I am not counting your sins, Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father, and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? take time in church and slow down sometimes and just hear uh, the Lord just washing over us.